This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. There was a very famous artist who had within his possession some very precious jewels. When he would lose his perception of color, he would then take out those precious jewels and he would look at them. And by looking at those jewels and all of the beautiful colors in those jewels, it would help restore his perception of color. You know, sometimes we need to have our perception restored. And one of the great ways that we do that when it, when it comes to matters of a spiritual nature is by going back to the Bible. Getting to know your Bible's purpose is to focus men and women on the Word of God. So today on our telecast, I want to discuss this topic. Just give me the Bible. Just give me the Bible. I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now, today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And I want to emphasize it is absolutely free. We're not going to charge you one dime. Your only cost is a little of your time picking up the telephone, calling for the Bible course, and completing it, and then sending it back to us for grading. Then you'll get a certificate of completion that you might know more about the course and how to receive it. We're going to pause for a time. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. There was a football coach who walked into the locker room and he was talking to the players. They had not been doing very well. So he picked up a football, held it up for all to see, and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. You don't get much more, you don't get any more basic than that. And I'll tell you, this is a Bible. This is the Word of God. You know, the Bible is the greatest book that's ever been written. And there's power in this book. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. There's no book like the Bible. All It's above all other books, as the sun is above a candle. 
It is above all of the books as a mountain is above a grain of sand. It is above all of the books as the ocean is above a drop of water. Think about the Bible for just a moment. The Bible is God's eternal truth. In the 119th Psalm in verse 89, the, the psalmist said, Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. God's word is eternal truth. And this is such a unique book. It is unique in its origin. The Bible says of itself, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is inspired of God. That literally means that God breathed these words. God inspired the Bible. It's unique not only in that, from that standpoint, it's unique in its depth. Peter wrote about the Bible and the Word of God in 2 Peter 1 and 3 when he said that we have all things that pertain to life and that pertain to godliness. Think about the depth involved in that passage. Everything we need has been revealed to us within the Word of God. It is unique in the way that it has been preserved through the years. There are those that have tried to destroy the Bible. They have tried to burn the Bible. And even in modern times, there are those that are opposed to the Bible, would remove the Bible from society. But the Word of God will be preserved until the end of time. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It is preserved for us today. It is unique so far as its circulation is concerned. The Bible is the most widely circulated book ever written. Year after year, Century after century, the Bible continues to be the number one bestseller. I remember a number of years ago, I went to visit my son who was in college in Montgomery, Alabama. I was just passing through, going to a preaching appointment. And, and we walked out to the mall, and we were visiting, walking around, and then I happened to go into a bookstore while I was there, you know, a preacher can hardly pass up a bookstore. And, and I said, son, let's see if we can find the religious books and the Bibles in this bookstore. And where we found them was in the very back of that bookstore. The only way that you could go any farther in that bookstore was to have opened the back door and walked outside. I said, do you see something unusual about where these Bibles are, son? He said, I don't understand, Dad. I said, well, it's the number one bestseller every year, and yet you would think they would have that out on the sidewalk in the very front of the store, but they have it in the back of the store. Now, since then, I've learned that there's a reason they know that it's the number one seller. They hope you'll walk through the whole store and find something else along the way. But I said, that's the way people are with the Bible today. 
They put it in the background of their lives rather than in the forefront of their lives. But you see, the Bible is the greatest circulated book that has ever been written. And the Bible is unique also in its unity. From the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, there is one theme, one theme, and that theme is Jesus. My wife and I were sitting in a fine home the other day studying the Bible with a young couple and their son, who is about 11, 10 or 11 years old, was sitting down studying along with us. And as we were studying, he said to me, he said, do you, do you know the first place Jesus is mentioned in the Bible? I said, well, tell me where that is, son. He said, in Genesis 3.15. I said, well, quote that to me, son. And he did. I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was an early promise about Jesus in the very beginning of the Bible, coming into the world to destroy the works of Satan. And the theme about Jesus runs from one end of the Bible to the other. There's, it's united. It's a book of unity. And so all people through the ages have admired the Bible. Think about some of the great men who have lived that we would recognize that have been lovers of the Bible. Think, for example, of John Newton. This is what John Newton said. I find more sure marks of authenticity in the Bible than any other profane history whatsoever. And then think about what Jerome had to say about the Bible. Ignorance of the Scriptures is ignorance of Jesus Christ. And then think about Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry said, There is a book worth of, of all other books which have ever been written, and that book is the Bible. And then there's George Washington who said, It is impossible to rightly govern the people without God and the Bible. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if all of those in the political world today believe that? That it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and without the Bible. Folks, just give me the Bible. Just give me the Bible. We need to get back to the Bible. We need to get to know the Bible so we can have a better world in which to live. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God ever gave to man. The best gift. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. And then Daniel Webster, who was a great statesman, said, If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, we will go, our country will go on prospering. But if we and our posterity did neglect its truths and instruction, it, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury us in our glory in profound obscurity. I have to agree with Mr. Webster that as long as we abide by the principles that are taught in this Bible, our nation, our world will go on prospering. But when we neglect the Bible, when we neglect the truths and the instruction and the authority of the Word of God, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us. Just give me the Bible. 
Well, you say, why do you want the Bible? Why say, give me the Bible? Well, one of the reasons I would suggest is that this is a source of spiritual nourishment for me. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, as newborn babes desire this sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, the Bible is for our spiritual nourishment. That's the reason Jesus in Matthew 4 and 4 said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, the Bible is the source of our spiritual nourishment. And when we fail to nourish our souls with the Word of God, the pure Word of God, can you imagine how our souls must look to God? undernourished. You know, Jesus said, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're living in a pretty dark world. Would you not agree with that? A pretty dark world. Uh, we, we live in a time where people have turned from the light. You see, God is light. James 1.17, He's the call the Father of lights. And light emanates from God. And the farther you get from the light, the deeper the darkness. And there's darkness around us in our time, and it's called spiritual darkness. In 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 3, Paul wrote, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of God should shine unto them. What happens when you take the Bible away from the world? You see, it illuminates our life. Psalms 119 verse 105 reads, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, the word of God is light in a world filled with darkness. In Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20, Isaiah said to the Lord of the testimony, If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. A failure to be governed by the Word of God will plunge us into moral and spiritual darkness. I want the Bible. Folks, just give me the Bible. You see why we call this program Getting to Know Your Bible? It is so important that we know the Bible. Just give me the Bible because it creates faith in my heart. A man, one man wrote in a book that I have in my office, Faith is a miracle. I, I would have to disagree with that. Faith is not a miracle. Faith comes as a result of a teaching process. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so faith is not a miracle. It is coming because of our exposure to Bible truth. Now, in John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus is teaching there, among many things he's teaching in those passages, is that faith comes as a result of exposure to the word of God. So you see, just give me the Bible, because the Bible creates faith in my heart. And then the Bible also has the ability to reproduce. 
because the Bible is referred to in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 11 as being a seed. The Word of God is the seed of the kingdom. The seed of the kingdom is the Word of God. That's what's taught in Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. And seed produces after its kind. Whatever a man sows, that's what a man is going to reap. If we sow the seed of the kingdom, it's going to produce fruit today. I have an article that I cut out of a paper in Mobile, Alabama a number of years ago. And the title of the article is this, the headline, 2,000-year-old seed produce tomatoes. And I just, I mean, right off the bat, that caught my attention. A seed, 2,000 years old, produced tomatoes. What happened? They found them in China, and they were in a tomb. And, and they found these seed, and they did not know what type of seed they were. They planted those seed, and guess what? Those seed came up. And when they began to produce fruit, those 2,000-year-old seed produced tomatoes. The Bible, that is the New Testament, the gospel, is a 2,000-year-old seed. And when you plant that 2,000-year-old seed in the, an honest and good heart today, it will produce in the 21st century the very same thing it produced in the first century because it produces after its kind. Suppose I went out to Kansas and I saw out in Kansas a, a very beautiful field of, of grain. Oh, it was just the wind was blowing and it was just waving in the wind. And I began to think, you know, it, it'd be a great thing if I could go back to Alabama. And if I could go back to Alabama and if I could have a field of grain like they grow in Kansas. Let me ask you a question. How will I do that? Will I have to plant wheat all the way from Kansas all the way down to Alabama? No, that's not even common sense, is it? What I have to do is to get the seed, the type of seed they used in Kansas to produce that wheat and plant that same seed in Alabama. And given the right uh, weather conditions, given the right soil conditions, then we can produce the same kind of wheat in Alabama that's produced in Kansas because we use the same kind of seed. Now, that may be a very uh, simple illustration, but we take the seed that was sown, which is the Bible, in this first century when the church had its beginning, when it began to spread throughout the earth, and if we were to plant that same seed today in the hearts of people, doesn't it just make sense to you that it were produced in the 21st century, the same product, the same kind of fruit, the same plant, the same results as they had in the first century? It produces after its, after its kind. You see, we plant the seed in a good heart. It produces faith in that heart. And then an individual is to repent of his or her sins. You know, Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Say so we're to repent of our sins. And then the Bible teaches that not only are we to believe, but we're to have the courage 
and enough faith that we confess the sweet name of Jesus before men. Our Lord said in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, that whoever will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father is in heaven. I, I, I want that, don't you? But he said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. It's not enough just to believe. I must be willing to confess that I believe. As a penitent believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I confess His sweet name. Now, now the Bible teaches, this is not Billy Lambert, this is what the Bible teaches, and I'm, I'm telling you what Jesus said, that as a believer in Jesus, I'm to be baptized. Why? Well, let's, let's listen to Jesus. Let, listen to it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. That's in Mark 16 and verse 16. Now that's what was taught in the first century. Doesn't it make sense to you that if we were to teach that same thing in the 21st century, they would have the same results today we had then. You see, the, you just give me the Bible because the Bible is the seed of the kingdom and it can produce after itself. The Bible only makes Christians only of anyone, anytime, anywhere. Just plant the seed. Just give me the Bible because the Bible converts souls. It converts souls. In Psalms chapter 19 and 7, the Bible there says of itself, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. I, I think sometimes we use terms that that we need to try to explain to people. And the word convert literally means to turn again or to change. And, and, and the Bible has the power in it to change our hearts, to convert us, to make us change. I, I read a book once by a man who was a preacher of some sort. I don't, don't recall what kind of a preacher he was. But, but he used this illustration in his book, and, and they were explaining what he was doing. It was a sermon he had preached, and they were taking notes on it or something. And anyway, he'd walk across his stage, the podium, and he'd go in one direction. He'd say, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. Then he'd turn around very dramatically and start going in the other direction. He said, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, and then we'd stop. And with drama, he would say, now that is repentance. No, it's not. We repent when there's a change of mind for the better. That's the, really the definition of repentance. And we make up our minds to cease going in the wrong direction, to going in the right direction, doing the right things. Going in the right direction is not repentance, it's the fruit of our repentance, the results of our repentance. And there was power in this book to change our lives, to convert us to Jesus Christ. And to be converted, there has to be this change of intellect from unbelief to belief. And that, that, as we've already stated, that comes about as a result of our studying the Bible. And we become believers because we study the Bible. Folks, just give me the Bible. Give me the Bible. They say, well, there, there are people that don't believe. They've not studied the Bible. They've not examined the Bible. Because the Bible is the fountainhead. It's the source of our faith. But if we're going to be converted to Jesus, there has to be a change of lifestyle. 
that, that we cease doing the things that we've been doing. That is, we repent of our sins. And there must be a change of state from being out of Christ to being in Christ. How do I get into Jesus, Paul, for as many, for you all children of God, by faith in Christ? For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. You see, this is the greatest book that's ever been written. There's power in the Word of God. And you just give me the Bible because when you study the Bible, it produces happiness in your life. I think about the first psalm. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord does he meditate day and night. Now think about that first word, blessed or blessed. That just means happy. And the man who is a happy man is the man who delights in the Word of God. Just give me the Bible. There are a lot of unhappy people in our world. A lot of unhappy people. But if we would begin to follow the Word of God, its precepts, it's teachings, it's encouraging words. We're going to live better lives. When you take the Bible away from society, it's going to result in a lots of unhappy people. It's going to result in a lot of angry people. It's going to result in a lot of people who are loveless people. They no longer have love. For other people, we need to get back to the Bible. And that's the reason we have getting to know your Bible, is to encourage men and women and boys and girls all over the world to have reverence and respect for the Word of God. God inspired this book. May God help us to love it with all of our heart. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you're not certain where it's located, get in touch with us. We'll help you find it. And please pick up the phone and call for the Bible course right now. Free Bible course. Call for it right now. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.